0: CBS Sports Radio.
1: Listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, we're back for another edition of The Morning Show. Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio. No Graceffo this week. Nick Theodoro is uh, hanging out producing the show. Hello, Nick. What's going on, man? What's up, Vince? How's it going? Sorry to disappoint
2: you. Well, actually... No Graceffo,
1: (laughs) you just got Nick. Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, let me tell you this. I was about to say instinctively that I'm doing good. That is a lie. Uh, Today is a struggle. Today is a struggle in the worst way. I had a wedding yesterday that, you know, opened bars and all that. And uh, I've been a little sluggish today. (laughs) I think I've been just kind of sitting. It's been such a weird day. I've just been vegetating on the couch and watching preseason football, just like scrambling for highlights, which is something I typically don't do. But I was sitting around today. And I spent so much time going, like, you look around the league and you go, oh, my God, like, everybody that's relevant as a young quarterback is playing today. You know, Uh, Zach Wilson was playing. You had Trey Lance going. Lawrence was playing. Uh, Jordan Love played. Like, all these young guys were all out and about. And you just want to check and see what's going on. There's so many different quarterback battles. There's all these quarterbacks to just get excited about in general. So sitting there and watching and like, here's how messed up it was to some degree. I was looking at stat lines. I was reading box scores. I'm trying to figure out when certain guys are coming into the game. Did he start the game? How many drives in? Did he get in? How late into the game did he play? Did he play into the third quarter, fourth quarter? Like I just, It's crazy. It's crazy. At some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and go, you know, maybe I like football a little too much. Maybe, maybe I have a problem here when I'm digging through stat lines and box scores to be like, oh, well, uh, let's see here. Drew Locke had a, you know, 145 yards and a touchdown or two, you know, (laughs) but it is a quarterback battle and you just, you want to see where all this stuff shakes out. So. That's what I was up to today, you know. I just spent a lot of time doing that and kind of recovering. And I, I got a nice bit of tea here in my hand, so I got a. You see this nice honey in the tea? By the way, very, very exquisite and fancy here in the, in the late night radio portion of the show. Do you drink tea or coffee, Nick? Tea. No, actually, never had coffee. You my wait. You, life. You've never had coffee. No, can't never. Say that I have. Like
2: at a diner, nothing. Nope, no coffee. Never would. And the one time I had the tea over here was like over a year ago before the pandemic like i was really sick (laughs) and um who who knows what i had back then it was like right before the pandemic oh well i i think we we know pretty well we don't know so yeah but uh i was coughing up a storm i think it was uh, i was doing a christmas either eve or day shift i was just coughing up a storm i was in here everyone was asking me nick you all right i was like "Eh." (laughs) yeah i I don't think so but i'm here (laughs) yeah and uh so i was just keeping it together and then i'm not even the type to drink tea but then i I knew we had tea back there so i actually went back there i was all right let me get some tea put some honey and that's actually the first time i drank it over here okay coffee i'm not a coffee drinker at all
1: now i would figure the whole idea with that is you just it's the idea of like getting hooked on the caffeine is that pretty much it Maybe, but I got other problems, so
2: it's not. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. Not, <laughs> so it's not about getting hooked. Like, okay, we're not, we're not obvi- delving too obvious, deep into that one. Obviously, I eat a little too much, you know, and, you know everything Yeah, everything else, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, well, okay. Yeah, I just don't need something else that, you know, I'm hooked on, so.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, man. I mean, I had a long time where I was like, well, because I've seen certain people, like, I had a teacher in high school once where this guy, I mean, he walked around with like a gallon mug. You know what I mean? Like it was a coffee mug. The thing was gigantic. It was like half the size of this guy's head. And every day he's walking around just chugging coffee constantly. And naturally, this guy, as he's walking around the hallways and all, hey, how you doing? How's everything going, huh? You doing great today? You look great. Great stuff. I'll see you in fifth period. And it was like, oh my God, like this guy's out of control. And being a high schooler at the time, watching him do this. At first, I just thought, no, he's just a really excitable guy. And then it was like, oh, yeah, he's just fueled entirely on caffeine. That's like the only thing that's going into his system. And so this guy's just throwing 100 miles per hour straight gas all the time.
2: (laughs) My dad gets a little nuts sometimes, too, when he drinks coffee, usually on the weekends. Yeah, he doesn't do it during the week for the most part. But on the weekends, when he drinks coffee, I could definitely tell because he's, like, super hyper. He's like, all right, let's do this, let's do this, got to get that done. And he's just a completely different person. And I'm like, "Well, slow down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I would bet if you went back and listened to this show, a lot of times I will have a cup of coffee, say, you know, because we're here on the East Coast when we're doing it. Obviously, it's national. But, like, I'll get a cup of coffee around midnight, something like that. And you could probably tell the shows where I don't have a cup because I'm like, hey, I had three cups today. Because I don't want to be one of those people. Like, it totally happens where people just end up having, like, six cups of coffee in a day. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah, Dan Campbell just two weeks ago, maybe, where he's like, yeah, I have, like, a 40-ounce cup of coffee and I have eight shots of espresso in it, and then I get frog's legs and grind that up and, like, whatever else he's into, I don't know. I could believe anything. The guy's basically the Tasmanian devil, but a real person. So seeing that kind of thing, I'm like, all right, well, I don't exactly want to go down that level. Also, this is how broke I am. I'm so broke, okay, that I am horrified of buying that much coffee every day because I'm that broke. Coffee, coffee's like two bucks it is not expensive but i just look at it and i go i can't afford that i i don't know how i'm gonna get through on that well we work in radio so what do you expect well that's the life baby I, i'll tell you it's fun it's fun i'm having a great time uh but yeah i you know coffee it's expensive now all this to say <laughs> today was an interesting day um today today was a little all over the place for me and a lot of it has to go with Preseason football and really the quarterbacks. Again, the number and quality of quarterbacks that you saw making debuts today. Fascinating list, right? Like there are, and and this is one of the best things about the NFL right now. We're in a golden age of NFL football. We're getting to a point where it's slowly starting to tilt, but we're still in a golden age of NFL football. Vince, why is that? Well, here's why. They changed all the rules for quarterbacks, right? They, they totally changed the way you can hit guys, the way they defend wide receivers. It's more of an offensive league. All that stuff has been going on. And what's happened is we're seeing quarterbacks play well longer, right? How old's Ben Roethlisberger? Like 39, 38? I mean, that's, that's old. If we're talking 10 years ago, well, now even 10 years ago, is starting to change then. But like 15, 20 years ago, if he's 33, you're going, oh man, he's basically done. Like they're going to have to draft somebody in the next year or two. 38, you know, Aaron Rodgers, what is he? 39 going on 40. Tom Brady is 5,000 years old. I don't know how he does it. TV 1200s. That's when he started this whole thing. He's been running this weight exercise program, diet program for the better part of 900 years or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's crazy. So to see all of these guys playing late into their careers and playing well, not backups sitting on a bench that come in once in a while. I think of guys like John Kitna. If that means anything to you, there's like eight people in Detroit that were just like, whoa, John Kitna, yeah. Like one guy in Dallas is like, yeah, I remember John Kitna, man. But yeah, like that's what it used to be. Sit around for a while, yeah, maybe you play a couple of games here and there if a team needed you. But as an older quarterback, you just kind of faded out and you got replaced earlier than you do now. So when you got all these older quarterbacks that have lasted for as long as they have, and then you've got all these young guys now – that the league's adapted to them, right? It is more, how do we get these athletic quarterbacks and, you know, make football easier and better for them, which was such a struggle 10 years ago. Oh, my God, Robert Griffin III. How could we possibly invest in a quarterback that, you know, can throw the ball and also run past people? The horror, the risk, you know, it's, that's how it was. We look down on these guys for being better athletes. It's insane, right? Well, we don't do that anymore. We've learned the obvious. And now as we've done that, these guys come into the league and they play well right away. We're in a golden age of football. Like, this is as good as it gets because the quarterback competitions are so ridiculously good. I mean... You look at some of these things. Uh, let me tell you. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, it's not exactly blockbuster stuff, but compared to typical quarterback competitions that you get like 10, 15, 20 years ago, like it's, it's much better. It just is. The quality of quarterbacks is better. The guys that are the worst starters in the league are better than it used to be. So, You look at the league now, it's it's a beautiful thing. It really is. And seeing this young crop of quarterbacks that are now getting opportunities, making their first preseason appearances, but appearances, NFL appearances, in uniform, on a field, we're keeping track of the score, people are in the stadium. That's a big deal. And here's my question for you. Is... When you think of all of the young quarterbacks that are in the league right now, all the guys that just got drafted, right? Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. If you want to get into Jordan Love from last year and all the fuss around him right now, all all these young quarterbacks, Burrow, Herbert, there's so many great young guys. But thinking about all the rookies specifically that got taken this year, who are you most excited for? my question. Who are you most excited for? Because they're all talented guys. But I, I run down the list, and I'll, I'll tell you. Trevor Lawrence, I think he's going to have an amazing career. You talk about Hall of Fame with him as that kind of potential player. Totally with you. Totally hear it. No doubt. But also, Jacksonville sucks. Right? They suck. I'm sorry. It's a bad team. They've made all sorts of mistakes. They've done it for years. It's going to take a long time to figure out that roster. It's just a mess. So, do I think Trevor Lawrence is going to look good? Yes. But am I watching a lot of Jacksonville Jaguars games this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's no way. Early in the season, when there's still hope, and I know I'm not turning on the television for a team that's, I don't know, two and six, when all these other teams and stories are going on across the league. Like, I'll watch Trevor Lawrence early, but, as the season goes on, he's going to be a highlight guy for me. It's going to be, oh, let me te- check out those 10-minute recaps that they put in the games of of, uh, of those games on YouTube. Like, that's where Trevor Lawrence is going to be. So I buy the player. I'm excited for what he's going to be long-term. I'm not that excited for Trevor Lawrence right now. I'm really not. He does not. He doesn't do it for me. He doesn't scratch the itch. But thinking about people that I am excited for, The guy that I actually want to see the most this year going into the season. The guy I want to see get on the field as soon as possible. Give me Trey Lance for the love of God. I want all the Trey Lance I can possibly get. The guy's fun. I mean, just on the one, on the basic level, the guy's a good athlete. He moves around really well. He's got a cannon for an arm. Awesome. Sign me up for that. Then you consider the fact that, you know, he's on the 49ers. Jacksonville stinks. 49ers, very good. Very good. Vince, 49ers weren't all that good last year. So what do you say about that? I I say look at the injury report. Because it was extensive. It was war and peace. The whole team was injured by week two. So yeah, the 49ers... And, and they had a brief stretch with all, despite all of those injuries. They started getting a couple of guys back in the middle of the season, and they won a game or two, and it was like, all right, here we go. Maybe they're on the upswing. Here comes a run, and then they had more injuries again. It just It is what it is. They fell apart. They just didn't have enough, enough gas at that point. But Trey Lance on the 49ers right now, that team can win the Super Bowl. Seriously, that team can win the Super Bowl right here, right now. If Trey Lance is good enough. They almost did it with Garoppolo. How good is Jimmy Garoppolo in the world of NFL quarterbacks with all the great stars that we see, the great athletes that we see? He's a competent game manager. He never lights up the scoreboard. They're a running team. He'd throw the ball, what, like eight times in certain playoff games? Garoppolo is not that good. He is marginal. And for them to be that good of a team, that good of a roster, the past couple of years, if Trey Lance is playing good football for the 49ers in the first couple of weeks, and and he gets that chance as soon as possible, and they go on a run, I mean, sky is the limit for that team. They're not the favorites, but they're in the list. They're in the running. They've got a shot. You can talk yourself into it. I already have. It seems obvious. Like, rookie quarterbacks can go that far. They can make a big impact like that. If you're a game manager, absolutely, that's how it goes. Game manager makes a couple of plays. They have the running game. They have the defense. They can go all the way. I'm more excited for Trey Lance than any quarterback in this class for this year. That is the number one guy I want to see this year. So where are you at? Who you got? Lawrence, Fields, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Who do you got? I'm going with Trey Lance. 855-212-4227. That's how you get in. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. And you can also join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket Ken. So we'll get into some of the other quarterbacks here, these rookies and excitement levels and all. I want to get to the rest of them along the way here. So we'll get into that a little more next. We'll take your calls. It's all coming up. Stick around.
3: You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports. Listening to the Vince
1: Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, hour two of the morning show rolls on here on CBS Sports Radio, and we've been talking rookie quarterbacks, and in fact, Chicago. So now we're on in Chicago. The, to the people of Chicago, I will need your help in a couple of minutes. You're going to have to explain something to me. We're going to talk, but first, I, I want to get a little baseball note, and this is this is crazy. Okay, so. I want to get into Tyler Gilbert for a second. Who? Agreed. Um, Tyler Gilbert, who he's been a relief pitcher for a little while, made a number of appearances in the majors as a reliever. He's with the Diamondbacks. He made a transition to a starting pitcher. Now, for Gilbert, his assignment for the first game as a starter is not exactly ideal. He's going against the Padres. Padres are great. I mean, that's a World Series contender in the big way. You know, that is a top-of-the-line baseball team. And that's his first start. So you go, okay, well, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're excited for Tyler to get that start. But, you know, if things don't go so well, that's okay. I mean, you know, it is the Padres. So here he is in his first start against one of the best offensive teams in baseball. And believe it or not, it goes like this. He gets his sign, goes into his full windup of the
3: first pitch, and a line drive center field. Marte's there, he's got it! No-hitter, Tyler Gilbert, in his first Major League start, has no hit, the Padres, the Diamondbacks rush onto the field, they mob him, and what a night. For the first time in the history of this ballpark, the Diamondbacks have had a pitcher... Throw a no-hitter in a Diamondback uniform.
1: <laughs> it's completely insane. My God. I was reading, they haven't, there hasn't been a no-hitter like that from a, a pitcher getting their first start in the majors in like 65 years. Oh, my God. And he does it against the Padres? It's just... I don't know how you sleep. I mean, really, if, if I were him, I would not be able to sleep tonight. I wouldn't be able to do it. It's just the kind of energy you got to have. I mean, that is, I was talking about Craig Reynolds a couple of minutes ago and how special it must have been for him to introduce himself to people in the huddle and then score a touchdown, his first ever touchdown. And he does that for the Lions just a couple of hours ago. Like that's, that's amazing. But this is a whole other level. That's a no-hitter in an actual regular season game against one of the best teams in the sport. How do you sleep? And, and congratulations to him because what a feeling. I mean, really, that's, that is unbelievable stuff and, and just super cool. So, Tyler Gilbert, have a night, my friend. Have a night. Now, here's the other thing I want to get to here. And before I do, we're coming to you live for the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family. Rocket Kit. I got to talk to the people of Chicago here for a second. Because I saw the preseason game. Saw enough of it. Saw Andy Dalton. I saw Justin Fields. Are we really going to do this dance? Are we playing this game? Are we going to go through this charade? You got to play Justin Fields. Like, I just don't I don't know in what rational universe you can look at the situation with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields and go, yes, we need to start Andy Dalton. There's no way. There's no way. The commitment has been, hey, well, Dalton, we brought him in to be the starter, and that was the agreement, whatever. I mean, good luck with that. Even for a game, it's, oh, yeah, I mean, we made the commitment. We just want to start him for week one. Why? What's the point? All in or not at all, right? You ever see someone get like a seven on a test in high school? That's pathetic. You know, a seven is like, I was still going for it. I got a 13. I got two answers right out of a hundred. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Well, that's bad math, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's pathetic. You want a zero. All right. You want a zero. You want something in the nineties. Like that's, that's, that's where it's at. And I look at the Andy Dalton equation here. Like, Nick, is there any universe for you where you could, uh, where you can actually say that Andy Dalton should start for the Bears? Nope. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I, I like to be the guy where if there is an argument to be made, I'm happy to give it. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. But, hey, there's a fair case for this guy or this team or this coach or whatever. Like, I like to... You know, I like to explore the alternate realities, the multiverse, if you will. I've been watching a lot of Marvel. So I I like to get into that kind of stuff. But I look at this with with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, and I go, there's no way in hell. Like, if Justin Fields isn't starting week one, I would riot. If I was a Bears fan, I would absolutely riot. For every reason. Let's start with, you know, talent. Just talent. Talent is a good one. I think it's a fair indicator when you're measuring quarterbacks and who should start and who shouldn't. One guy's got more talent than the other. Has Andy Dalton gotten a lot out of himself? Absolutely. Andy Dalton, for the career that he's had, second-round pick, he played, what, eight, nine years with the Bengals, and it wasn't a complete train wreck. That's an accomplishment. That's a good career. He made playoff games. That's a good career. Like, he's been very successful for his second-round quarterback. So I don't want to knock him too much, but he ain't Justin Fields. I'm getting Justin Fields out there. I mean, the guy has the talent. He's got the pedigree. He's got the success in college. He's got all the things that you're looking for. For him to fall to that spot in the draft, what was it? Like seven, eight, nine, ten? 10. It was right in that range. You know, wherever the bears picked him up. That's a great pick. I mean, the Eagles took Devonte Smith and I was looking at like, you know, I love Devontae Smith. I think he's going to be amazing, but I want Justin Fields, you know? So they, they skipped on Justin Fields and he goes to Chicago. How do you not start that guy right away? And today he had a rushing touchdown. So, Hey, play breaks down. He gets a big opening. The whole side of the field was wide open. It was, it was preseason garbage to some degree. Like a defender just was not there. Um, something went horribly wrong, but he made the most of it. They made a mistake. Good for him. Had a touchdown pass, like good for him. So looking at Justin Fields, it's just one of those things where it's not even just the preseason game. Cause I'm not going to tell you the preseason games are making or breaking a guy like this. It's, it's not going to break their career. It, it's not going to change things in a major way, but it's something that just reminds you again, that the idea that a guy like Andy Dalton starting over him is ludicrous. It's the new NFL. This is the modern era, right? Where these guys come in and play well right away. Justin Herbert playing well right away for the few games that he played. Joe Burrow played well right away. You don't have to sit. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wonder. We got through that whole season last year. And what happened with Tua? We're all going like, you know, Tua probably stinks. Might be a bust. Maybe they should draft a new quarterback. Maybe they should trade for Deshaun Watson. Because you have a good idea early. You know early. So get them out there. Like, there's just, there's no point. I I know that it's been, hey, you get the starters, you're playing for a couple of weeks, you don't want to rush the kids in there. But you know what? If you got to simplify the offense a little bit more than you'd like and you get the kid out there week one, just do it. Spare yourself all the QB drama for the first couple of weeks. You go through the growing pains. You let it work out. And if you're a good coach, you're a good team You're going to win you're going to win you've got every opportunity to win like if i'm san francisco and i'm kyle shanahan with that roster and i'm looking at jimmy garoppolo or trey lance i'm sorry trey lance can hand off the ball 35 times a game he's capable of doing that so let him hand it off 35 times a game he's gonna pass 12 15 times like garoppolo you want to baby him early fine but get the guy that has legs. Get the guy that has more ability. Get the guy that has more upside. Don't play the veteran because that's what everybody does. Play the kid. Because if it's just going to be that six weeks, you know, oh, we just got to draw this out a little bit. It just, it feels like a waste of time. Get him out there. Let him go. And and that's why, again, for the people that are Bears fans, especially, and, and 49ers fans as well. Are you buying this? Hell, the Patriots, right? You got Cam Newton and Mac Jones. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Belichick uh, starting Cam Newton. Is that what you want? Do you think that's the right idea? Is that exciting to you? Do you think that's better for the team? Is that better for the kids? Is that, is that what the call should be? Should you play the veteran? Does that make sense to you? Give me the kids. because I'll tell you, I was watching the preseason game today for the Bears and I turned it on and it was the first quarter and I'm like, this is great. This is my chance to watch Justin Fields. It's the first look. It's a little thing. It's a preseason game. This is my first chance to get a look at him. And then I realized Andy Dalton was on the field and I went, oh yeah, we're going, we're doing this thing. It just felt wrong, it really did it just it felt wrong, so how do you feel about it eight five five two one two four two two seven would love to talk to you. I'm Vince Quinn. you can get in on Twitter at it's Vince Quinn. We go to Brian in Milwaukee hello Brian. hey uh
0: what's up hey sorry I was uh listening online hey uh, I just wanted to say uh. Being in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, watching the Packers game, preseason games are pretty useless around here because we've been so good for so long, which I shouldn't brag about because we'll be in the trash bin soon. But, um, yeah, Jordan Love, I think, overly impressed um, because, I mean, I I think his stats are like 12, a 17 for 122 yards and a TD. Um, Not overly impressive, but very, very good. And I think back to watching Rodgers' preseason debut, and he did not do as well. I'm pretty sure. I have to look that up. Um, But I'm actually – I know it's under the radar because um, the other QBs are making the national news. um, But Jordan Love, I like what I see. And as a Packers fan, I'm very um, comforted by seeing that. And Rodgers, if Rodgers wants to go somewhere else, that's fine. I think with Love, we want some love. Is what I'm
1: saying. Well, yeah, Jordan Love and and for him, this preseason matters. For the Packers, it matters a lot. There's a lot of pressure. Whether they like it or not, you're in a situation now where you got to see Jordan Love perform because everybody's going to judge what he does now against everything Aaron Rodgers does the rest of the year. Like, he's got to look good because odds are, based on Rodgers' career, he's missed some games, but he's been generally healthy and you're just not going to have opportunities. Like, it, it is a big deal. So, Brian, I appreciate it, and we'll certainly be talking about him a little bit more later. But for now, uh, let's talk to James in Chicago. Hello, James.
0: Oh, uh I feel like it's only one determining factor, and one only. It, I, I believe that it depends on how how far he's gotten into the playbook. You know I mean? I don't think that you want to just – go with the 10 first scripted plays that you have. I believe your quarterback needs to be a little further into the playbook, and that's the only determining factor on when he's going to get in there. Yeah, I don't think he has to beat seven games into the season or anything like that, but I believe he needs to know more than – 15 or 20 plays before you throw them in
1: there. Well, yeah, and he should know more than that because just with all the time you get, especially because last year you didn't have a a normal training camp or anything like that, so that was a mess. But this year, you have all that stuff. So to have that opportunity, you're adding plays all the time. He's going to have those chances, and James, I appreciate it, man. Like He's going to have chances. He should know plays. He should know a solid number of plays already because here's the other thing, too. Usually when you make that switch between the starter that is your stopgap for a couple of weeks, and the rookie. Usually they wait for this, the starter, the veteran. They wait for that person to taper off a little bit. They wait for him to lose a game or two. And then following a loss, that's a lot of times when you put the kid in or if they have an uninspiring performance, but the team wins anyway, that's when you put the kid in the following week. Maybe you stretch it out to the bye and you put him in after that. But usually you're waiting for that person to, to kind of make it abundantly clear to everybody that whatever disposition you had to play in the rookie, you just got to put him in. So that shouldn't be the case here. And think about Chicago, especially when it comes to Justin Fields. Here's the other thing. Think about the quarterback history in Chicago. All these different names of guys that have come and gone over the years that aren't very good or downright awful in some cases. That city hasn't seen consistently great quarterback play in forever. You've got a chance now. People are going to be excited for that. They're going to be desperate for that. The history of the Bears adds a little more pressure to the equation. You also got to think Matt Nagy, his job security, Ryan Pace, his job security, like all of those things matter, and it's got to push Fields up and up and up and up and up. All the common sense just says, I, I see Andy Dalton, but y- you got to start Fields Week One. You just got to do it. But let's go to uh, let's go to Larry in Chicago. Hello, Larry.
3: Hey, good evening. How's it going?
1: It's going good. What's up? Uh,
3: well, this is the reason why he will not, Fields will not start Game One is before the draft. The Chicago Bears tweeted a picture of Dalton with QB one as the title. Now we just came over the whole thing with uh, Trubisky when Ryan Pace said he was all in on Trubisky and he's had Mike Glennon and it was a disaster and he was embarrassed and he's not going to do that again this time by jumping the gun. So he promised Dalton the start in game one and he's going to keep that promise and maybe game five, the over-under amongst me and my friends is five before he gets to field.
1: Okay. And Larry, I appreciate it, man. I've seen the tweet, right? But here's the thing. The social media department, as much as they are connected by the, to the team, it is the team account. They're not connected to this stuff. You know what I mean? Like. To get a tweet and just put it out in the offseason, it's content. It's filler. You're watching plays now. I would guarantee you, if you go through any team right now that just played in the past 24 hours and they've got different highlights up, it's like, oh, man, here comes this guy with the big touchdown catch. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, like uh, even Justin Fields, the one touchdown that he threw, he throws the ball to Jesse James. It's a tight end. James is looking backwards towards fields. He's like 25 yards down the field. And then he walks backwards into the end zone pretty slowly because there's literally nobody around him for like 10, 15 yards and he knows it. It's not an impressive play. It's an obvious easy play. You know, it's, it's something that anybody could make. It's not It's not a shocker, but on the Bears' Twitter feed, I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, yeah, look at Fields, you know, he's crushing it. Here's a touchdown pass, trophy emoji, big arm flexing emoji, you know? Like, it's just, it's social media. So I don't let that drive anything. The other thing is you can make a a commitment to a guy that you're going to start him, but that was before you drafted Justin Fields. Like, either you should never make a promise like that, And they made a mistake in that regard because they made the commitment or you're just making a mistake because you're standing by it, you know, get the kid out there. Like, are you going to start Andy Dalton for a game and go, well, we promised him a game. So we're going to give him one game and then we're going to bench him. Even though we all know field should start anyway. What if you lose that game? You know, it's just, it doesn't make sense. So unless this is some kind of egregious wrong, that's going to upset the agent. Nobody's ever going to sign with Chicago ever again. You go and you start Justin Fields and live your life. It's just the right thing to do. So eight five five two one two four two two seven. 212 That's how you get in. And again, that's eight five five two one two four two two seven. 212 So I want to get into, you know, around this time, I, I usually like talking about Deshaun Watson, giving you a little update on that. And we had, uh, I mean, this is more with the NFL side of the investigation, but I want to talk about that when we come back. So keep it right here. I'm Vince Quinn with you. On CBS Sports Radio.
3: You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS
1: Sports Radio.
3: Listening to the Vince Quinn Show,
1: weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Mornings is more like it. And yes, we are on hour three of this fine program. It's a long one for me. Uh, It's Okay, here's what my past, well, past and present 48 hours, let's say. So I did a fill-in shift for Amy Lawrence. Great. Then I uh, went home, went to a wedding. Okay, now I'm here. Great. Now, as soon as this is done, I'm getting in the car. I've got another wedding. So I'm done. You know, East Coast time is where we're doing the show. I'm located in New York right now. So as soon as I'm done this, I got to drive like 45 minutes or so to go to another wedding that's taking place. I got to leave the hotel at 10.15 in the morning to get to this other wedding that's starting at 11. So i'm I'm going leaving hopefully I'll sleep for like two hours, and I'll go to this second wedding this weekend. I think I have somewhere in the ballpark of seven or eight weddings this year, plus at least three bachelor parties, like it's insane because, you know, I'm at the age where people are getting married, you know, and also for the past year and a half, people have wanted to get married. But they couldn't, you know, they couldn't have the big event. So, okay, well, now we got to push this. We got to push that. So, you got two years worth of weddings that are all coming together in like a six-month span, if that. And it's just been completely ridiculous. It has been completely out of hand. But here's what I will say, because I've been to a lot of weddings. It's not just right now, right here in the moment. But over the years, I've been a best man a couple of times. I've actually married people. I don't know if you know it. Nick, did you know that I've married people before? I've married... I should know the exact number for this. It's bad that I don't. I'm going to say four. I've done four different weddings in my time.
2: No, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's easy to do, actually. It started as, like, I would say it's a bit, but it wasn't. I was just bored one day. You know, I was, like, 25. I was doing promotions at the radio station in Philly where I started. I was, uh, I was just bored. So I was like, all right, well, let me kill 10 minutes. I can be a you uh what was it universal life church minister you could do that with just like 10 minutes of filling out something online so it's like this is a funny thing to do I can do weddings and exorcisms now still have not done an exorcism but I'm open I'm open to it but legally I can so signed up for that
2: training for that like
1: uh for exorcisms I don't know but when I show up I'll do something I I don't know what it is yet. I don't have an exorcism strategy. I haven't had to do that. But if someone asks me, I got to figure it out. That is my obligation. So I'll do that. Uh, Weddings, it kind of depends on the couple. Some weddings, I I did one wedding where they've all been friends of mine that that asked me to do it. But I married one friend of mine. He's like, I want you to do the shortest ceremony possible. I was like, are you sure about that? Because short is short is short. Okay, if you want this done like drive, like car wash, drive through speed, we can do that. I did his wedding. It was a four-minute ceremony. From the moment they started walking down the aisle to the moment they started walking back down the aisle, four minutes. The people that ran the facility were like, "I've never seen a wedding that fast." Well, I said, "Well, I'm available for hire, baby." So. You want know, to give me a call for your wedding. Let's set it up. I'm all ears. But he wanted it super short. But anyway, I've, I've been around a lot of weddings in a lot of different capacities. And what I've realized is dinner's a trap. Dinner at a wedding is a trap. Stuff your face at cocktail hour. That's, that's just, I've always sat there. A cocktail hour can be amazing doesn't matter the wedding by the way because obviously like you're going to go to weddings where some people are richer than others or whatever or they want to spend more on the wedding and other couples don't they don't care as much so fine whatever I, I don't care about any of that but regardless of the situation the price point whatever it is I've realized that cocktail hour is like infinitely better than what you typically get at the dinner you know, because oh well, Vince, it's filet. You're getting filet mignon at the dinner. I mean, yeah, but like, wedding filet mignon is not what you think it is. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not a, i I'm not a snobby guy. I'm not. I'll eat anything. I eat all sorts of junky fast food all the time, and I love it. I enjoy it. Like it is, it is satisfying to me. I crave it. You know. So I'm not that kind of guy. Oh, I only go to the Michelin star steakhouses. Um, You know, like I didn't even know Michelin star restaurants existed until like two years ago. Did you know that Michelin stars are related to Michelin tires? At least that's what somebody told me. Maybe I'm an idiot, but this is how little I know about this whole Michelin star high society restaurant thing. Like, I think it's the same company that does both.
2: No, I didn't know that. So don't worry. You're not an idiot.
1: All right. Well, how about this? Can you research that? Because let's see how much of an idiot I am but see if the tire company for Michelin does the restaurant ratings as well. I'm pretty sure that is that is how it shakes out. But again, like I feel like the dinner you get cuz cocktail hour to wedding, you're getting quality. I mean, you get like I'm trying to think of what I had yesterday. You get the little lamb chops, some if you get lamb chops that are coming through or you get the, uh, the like lamb ribs, I don't know what you'd call it. Whatever. It's it's lamb on a stick basically. Lamb on a bone. If you're getting that delicious absolutely amazing. Yeah, you get high quality seafood. Like you just get so much different stuff that gets passed around. I had a grilled cheese in a little bit of lobster bisque yesterday. Like unbelievable. All better than the dinners. Dinners dinners can be good. Wedding dinners are good, but like personal preference stuff your face on the cocktail hour. That's just the way to go. And then if you you know if you're hungry enough and you left enough room to finish your dinner, great. I haven't had a wedding. Like, I haven't gotten married. So I can imagine that there's people that have thrown weddings and been like, how dare you say this? I'm putting down $80 a plate on dinner. If you are, I'm sorry. I just, I'm just i just telling you what I feel. But also, just double up cocktail hour. Just forget dinner. Double up cocktail hour. Be like, all right, it's a buffet now, but it's in the ballroom. Enjoy, you animals. Keep drinking. Like, just just let it roll. Because I got to tell you, the, the overwhelming majority of the time, I walk away like I sit down at dinner, they put the plate in front of me, I have a bite or two and I go, you know, I wish I was still eating cocktail hour food. I just, I I just like that food better. But anyway, uh, they are one in the same. They are one in the same. Okay. So here's what I got to say now, because that is in fact, how that works with Michelin stars. Someone needs to explain to me what the hell is going on there. Cause I don't understand that. How do you get into evaluating restaurants to the super top tier degree? Because there's also multiple Michelin stars, is my understanding. Again, I'm a I'm a schmuck that eats at Taco Bell all the time. Like that's what I define as a great restaurant. So I I don't even think I've been in a Michelin star restaurant. I don't know if I can name a Michelin star restaurant. I, I don't know any of that. It's just not the kind of circles that I keep. But. How do you do that and tires? I just, I, I, does that make any sense? That's the most confusing thing I've ever seen. What? Cause the one thing is high society as well. Like you think of tires, you think of like a sweaty, greasy guy in the overalls, you know what I'm talking about? Like they are not, you would not get a guy that's typically getting Michelin tires and he would go and install those and then walk out and go, you know, let me go into one of these restaurants. Like they wouldn't, they would not let that guy in. So very bizarre. So, if you have information on that, 855-212-4227. Because it makes no damn sense. 855-212-4227. But this has all been a long transgression into uh, what we should really be talking about. Because it is, you know, sports talk radio. It's not wedding food radio. Because that's, that's kind of limited programming. You don't have too many options for content there. There's not too many takes to be had. But, you know, whatever. So, anyway... uh Let's talk about the Packers for a couple of minutes here because a couple of things with the Packers. You've got one, Aaron Rodgers, who's, uh, you know, there's, there's some stuff on the Aaron Rodgers front. We're going to get to that in a minute. But first, with all the offseason Aaron Rodgers stuff, the things that we've gotten past, there's a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. So, Jordan Love, first round pick last year. Jordan Love, who the Packers drafted without telling Aaron Rodgers. So, that upset him a lot. He goes into spite mode. He wins the MVP. On some level, good pick by the Packers. Good job by the Packers. You know, <laughs> as much of a clown show as it's been to draft Jordan Love, get Aaron Rodgers that angry to go to the conference championship game, he wins the MVP. That's part, the draft pick, right? Like the, the draft pick got you a better Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, it's it's it looks a little bit better if you want to have these stupid tinted glasses that I'm wearing. So that's one thing. But for Jordan Love himself, there is real pressure for this guy to look good in the preseason. In the preseason. Because... Rogers, you're assuming, is gonna play all year. Generally, he's he's pretty healthy. He's had a year or two where hey he's had a bad shoulder and he's missed a lot of games and the team stunk, but he's playing a lot of games. So if you got Rodgers and you're gonna have him all year, ideally, this is what you have to judge Jordan Love. This is what the fans have more importantly. And you might say, Vince, why is it more important how the fans judge Jordan Love than the front office? Right? Well, Public perception matters. Whether you like it or not, it's how things get talked about because we're not in the building. I I can't have intimate conversations with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers and all the teammates on the Green Bay Packers every day. I mean, one, I don't live anywhere near Green Bay. Two, they probably wouldn't let me in there every day. And three, even if they did, they're not going to tell me everything. So you evaluate what you see on the outside. This is what we have to go on. This is what we all talk about because this is what we got. So you see the preseason games. And you evaluate. You go, okay, who is Jordan Love? How good is he? Well, he had a solid outing tonight, and that's important. It shouldn't be. It sounds dumb. It's a preseason game, Vince. How could you? But this is what we're going to get. And when you're talking about moving on from Rodgers for this guy, what does he look like to have a whole offseason? Because, I I mean, seriously, think about this. You have a whole offseason – That's the biggest story of the offseason. With Deshaun Watson and everything going on with him, Aaron Rodgers got more coverage. That was the bigger story. Like it or not, fair or not, that was the biggest story. If Jordan Love came out in this preseason game tonight that just played, and that guy sucked, wildfire. I mean, here's a Jordan Love interception. Well, good thing they're getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. Here's a pick six. You know what I mean? Like, they would be getting roasted. They would look awful. The public pressure of their jobs, right? You're Brian Gutekunst. You are the GM of the Green Bay Packers. All of this is because you drafted Jordan Love and didn't tell Aaron Rodgers about it. So if you have an off season like this where he's challenging you, where the reports are that he wants you fired, he has a press conference where when he comes back, he goes, yeah, I mean, we had some gripes. Uh, actually, let me just uh, roll out a couple. Of, I just got a couple of pages here. Uh, let's see. Okay. They treat the free agents like garbage. All the players are better when they play with me. They don't seem to realize that. They don't ask me how I feel about everybody on the team. Let me see. Uh, I got a couple of papers here. There's a couple more cards still. Uh, and he just keeps going. He ripped them for like five minutes straight. If you go through an offseason like that and Jordan Love plays terrible in the preseason, everything looks and feels worse. It just does. Jordan Love needs to look good. And he looked good tonight. It's not amazing. It's not set the world on fire. It's not, you know what? Get rid of Aaron Rodgers right now. I've been spending a lot of time tonight telling you, like Andy Dalton, there's no reason to start Andy Dalton. I don't see the point. Uh, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, as much as the weapons were awful last year, I think there's there's a little bit more to say for Cam than than people make it out to be. But if I got to start Cam Newton or Mac Jones, I'm starting Mac Jones. I'm sorry. You just you got to start the young guys. It makes too much sense. I'm starting Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. But as much as I believe in all of that and believe that deeply, I'm not starting Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers. I'm not considering that. Like, I, there is no reason to do it. Now that you got him back, you wouldn't be like, oh, well, Jordan Love looks pretty good. Let's trade Rodgers now. Like, it's just, it, it's just not happening. You are on the Aaron Rodgers Express for at least one more year, and you got to get to the finish line. But if Jordan Love came out and stunk, this whole thing looks and feels way worse. So a lot of pressure on Jordan Love. A lot of pressure on the Packers front office, all their decision makers, and they, they can have a sigh of relief tonight because he looked all right. Now, what he looks like for the next couple of games, how much do they play him over the next couple of games? They should play him a lot. You want to get reps. You want to see what he looks like in extended action. Is this not the best way to get that look? It's not, you'd want to see him in regular season games, but you got Aaron Rodgers. It is what it is. What are you going to do? You're going to, Hey Aaron, uh, we're going to sit you week five. You know, we're, we're playing the jets. We just figure this is a good game. We're just going to take, you know what I mean? Like you can't do, this isn't the NBA. This isn't Hey Kawhi, uh, just take a night off because you want to, because you can. So you're going to play Rodgers every game. You got to take the preseason. You got to max it out for Jordan love. Get him all the snaps, play him as much as you can. At least that's what I would do. So 855-212-4227, that's how you join the show, 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, I want to get into Rodgers a little bit more because there was a power play that just happened in the last 24 hours with Aaron Rodgers and a couple other members of that team. So we'll get to that shortly. First, I want to take a call. Let's go to Dr. Grant. Hello, Dr. Grant. (laughs) How you doing,
3: Vince? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, I want to lay a concept on you. Okay. I mean, over the last 35 years, I've been working with successful businesses, and one of the first things we do when we go in and work with a business is we find a replacement for the owner, because people die, people become disabled, people retire. So you know that's going to happen, right? Yeah. So you need a replacement for the business. Well, what's a, what's a football franchise? It's, it's, a, it's a successful business, right? Yeah. I oh, mean, totally. It's a billion-dollar successful business. And what I don't understand is why these general managers aren't selecting the next quarterback. Like, example, New Orleans. Everybody knew that the quarterback down there was going to retire he'd been down there for how many years like 15 16 17 years it's a long time we knew, he, we knew he was going to retire but did we get a replacement in there did we get somebody that we could work with for three or four years no and it's the same thing in Dallas, Texas. I live in Dallas you know last year we didn't have a standby quarterback so what happened? The quarterback breaks his leg, and the billion-dollar business season is over. I mean, you, you need to have a standby quarterback drafted three or four years so you can work them into the systems, you can work them in, and you can have the, the, the super quarterback, the Aaron Rodgers, to train them and to work with him so that he's ready in three or four years. And I don't understand why franchises don't do that. So that's my
1: concept. Yeah, and and Dr. Grant, I appreciate it. So here's what I'll say to his point where he's totally right. You should draft quarterbacks all the time, all the time, constantly. I don't care how good of an organization you are, how bad of an organization you are, what your quarterback room looks like at the top with the starter. You should draft quarterbacks all the time. It matters, right? It's the quarterback position. You know, how do you get mad? But we do. We do, and it always becomes a big controversy. It shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Let me give you an example. Last year, your 2017 Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, just saying, just saying, they drafted Jalen Hurts. And my reaction, I'm not lying. I'm sitting there. I'm watching the draft. I got a glass of whiskey in my hand, and I just start cursing up a storm I mean I lost it I lost it when they drafted Jalen Hurts I'm like how can you do this to Carson Wentz you're putting all this pressure on him and he's been dealing with these injuries and a backup quarterback won the Super Bowl with his team and now you're drafting Jalen Hurts in the second round what's wrong with you how can you do this Carson Wentz crumbled he fell apart and now he's a cult he's gone you can make the argument That on some level, drafting Jalen Hurts led to the demise of Carson Wentz. So people go, drafting a quarterback like that was a mistake. Was it? I mean, I even thought I was the guy cursing at the television. Was was I right? No. Like, you have to get used to the idea that quarterbacks do get hurt all the time. They get hurt all the time. As much as the rules have changed, as much as they get touched less, oh, it's touch football. The number of times I've heard a call where it's like, hey, yeah, you might as well put flags on them. I've heard it a billion times. I get it. Uh, Body weight and all this dumb stuff that gets a flag. But either way, these guys get hurt. They just do. And so you need quarterbacks. You need to draft. You need to develop. You need to do it all the time. You got to have depth at the position. So I understand all of that. Some of these teams have decent options, though, because you're going to draft and you're going to try to develop, but also a lot of these guys aren't going to make it. So it's a nice theory, but the theory is based on the idea that these guys aren't all going to hit. So when you get a backup quarterback, and it is Jameis Winston, could you work with Jameis Winston for three, four years? If it's Sean Payton, yeah, maybe, maybe. It's a flyer, but maybe. The guy was the number one overall pick in the draft. If he figures it out, and he got LASIK, remember that? Remember that storyline? That was a big one. Oh, baby, Jameis, yeah, 30 picks, but also, he got LASIK. He's a whole new man. So, like, if you want to buy into that, being around the Saints a little bit longer, he's a different quarterback, fine. I mean, even Andy Dalton last year for the Cowboys. Is he a great quarterback? No. But if your quarterback is going down for the year, and Dalton's your backup, it's, that's not bad. Like, look around the league. That's not bad. So the problem is so much money goes into the starting quarterback that you can't pay to have two good ones. You know what I mean? It, it's very hard. It's very difficult to have two high-quality, known commodity quarterbacks on the roster. It's basically impossible. Because you spend so much on that starter that once you get past the rookie deal, you just can't afford anybody else. You gotta draft rookies. You gotta get veterans that are not that good and you're getting them on veteran minimums or I don't know, four million dollars a year, like nothing. You know? Relative to all these contracts, it's nothing. So it's a complicated spot to be. But you gotta draft, you gotta develop, you gotta do it all the time. And we and we always make it a big deal when somebody gets drafted. But you know what? You gotta do it. I don't care who your starter is, you should do it. Now, Jordan Love in the first round and not telling Aaron Rodgers, that's a little bit of an extreme. But you should do it. You should draft. So eight five five two one two four two two seven. 212 That's how you join the show, Eight five five two one two four two two seven. 212 I want to get into the Aaron Rodgers power play. So we're going to do that on the other side. He's, you know, he's turning up the heat a little bit more and more as the time goes on. So I'll talk you through all of that. It's coming up next. I'm Vince Quinn with you on CBS Sports Radio.